Pirates versus Tyrants. This is the Tom Wren Show, where we practice piracy on the enemies of freedom and liberty. Show everybody. Uh, it's been a it's been a uh, big couple days. And lots of things happening, and one of the things that, that is happening is the continued push to ensure that humanity is destroyed and that our genetics are modified and that we are remade out of the image of God and into the image of God knows what. This is an issue beyond what most people realize and something that I really want to hit hard here. What prompted this is there was an article in Natural News and uh, it was a well done article. I actually really appreciate it. And God bless Mike Adams and Health Ranger by the way, if you buy any of his stuff, to use uh, checkout code REMS, you get a discount. But um, yeah, this t- article was titled Top Six Ways the Genocide Cults Wants to Force Vaccinate All Humans Except Themselves and Their Own Children. And, uh, you know, the thing is, is most of the stuff in this is stuff that I've developed or reported. But I appreciated the way they put all these things together. Well, really in a cohesive article. Um, And when I thought about it, you know, because over the last several months, one of the big things I've been doing is blowing the whistle on the various ways that they intend to get this crap into our veins. Uh, It's really, it's something to be alarmed about, right? This is something we should be scared of. We really need to be uh, doing something with this. So uh, the article starts out and... uh, yeah, they mentioned that over 72% of the world's population has gotten at least one dose of these COVID death jabs. 72%, folks. Only 28% of us are still pure blood. And the other 72% have been poisoned in one way or another. And I pray for them. And the thing about it is we don't even know what that means, right? Now, if you want to trust the CDC, HHS, or Pfizer at this point, well, you can say, oh, it doesn't mean anything, Renz. I mean, Pfizer told me that it doesn't modify our DNA and it doesn't modify our genetics and it doesn't do this and it doesn't do that and that there's no side effects and no myocarditis and that it's all safe and effective and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, if you still believe that, that's fine. Uh, I think you might be an idiot, but, you know, that's fine. You're entitled to be an idiot. Uh, If you're like me and you think that there might be an issue or you think these guys are liars and full of crap, then you have to accept the fact that we don't actually know what these do long term. We don't know if it permanently alters your genetics. We know that they've used multiple uh, variations of these vaccines. They've, They've been created in different ways. Some are, you know, one dosage, some are another, some, I mean, they may be formulated differently. We don't know. We don't know. Unless you trust liars, you aren't going to know. So 72% we have no, of the world's population, we have no idea what's going to happen to them, what they are, if anything's changed in them permanently, if it's modified them. We have no idea, right? That's a scary thing. 72% is not enough for Bill Gates and Anthony Fauci and uh, Borla and all these other psychopaths, right? They want this poison in everybody, and they want everybody connected to their their global uh, control mechanisms, if you will. 
And so they're, they're working on different ways to be able to modify and manipulate our genetics without our informed consent, without our knowledge, and without our uh, even uninformed consent. Uh, it's it just there's no consent at all. They just plan on doing it. And there's no question that it's happening. I mean, Gates and all these guys have spent billions of dollars researching different ways to make sure that gene therapy is put into our bloods. Well, that's a that's a real bad thing, right? And this article goes on and points, uh, you know, the six different things that they're working on. Well, the first is the gene mutation injections disguised as vaccines. And that's correct. They are gene mutation injections. So these uh, vaccines are not vaccines. They are gene therapy products. We know they're gene therapy products. They've been acknowledged as gene therapy products. And uh, they will never be anything but gene therapy products. So that's that. Uh, they, the gene therapy products inherently manipulate and alter and modify your genes. That's the purpose of a gene therapy product. Uh, so with that in mind, of course, these are gene mutation injections, and of course they are not vaccines. Part two, chemtrails over deployed populations, or chemtrails deployed over populations. Now, let me be clear about this. I cannot prove that you can drop a chemtrail and it's going to vaccinate anybody. That I've got no evidence of. What I do have evidence of, and in fact can show you, is they have very successfully tested and created aerosolized vaccines. Right. So this is the, the tie-in. Right? Now, the question is, can those aerosolized vaccines survive something like a chemtrail? That I don't know. I don't know. I can't say that they will. I also can't say that they won't. What I can tell you is that these aerosolized vaccines do exist. Uh, one of the one of the, I guess, applications that they talk about for them is being able to vaccinate entire you know flocks of chickens or herds of livestock, things like that, right? And so these will survive in the air, and it's not just like a nasal spray type aerosolization. We're talking about something they can spray in the air, and it does it does work. Now. Can it be done in the chemtrail? I don't know. Um, but would I put it past him? No, I wouldn't put it past him. And should it be investigated? And should the question be asked? Of course it should be asked. Microneedle patches. This is going to be a big one. So we know that uh, one of the things that, that they've talked about using with regards to CBDCs are uh, these little patches or these little pills under the skin, different things like that. And these patches are uh, that they've talked about deploying for CBDCs are literally identical to the microneedle patches that they've talked about. Now, what's going to happen with that? I don't know. I don't know. Would they would they, you know, put something in the in the uh, CBDC uh, follow you around tracker system that that also included spikes, uh, little microneedle spikes that that uh, chabbed you? Well, I mean, I got no proof. But it's a reasonable question to ask, right? It's a reasonable question to ask. Uh, and, you know, the microneedle patches are a thing. They do work. They are there. Uh, you know, what are they going to do with it? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but, again, I'm not saying that I'm proving that they're doing this. I'm saying that these are questions we ought to be asking because they can do it. Okay. Part four, hidden in the food supply, starting with meat. That is for sure. 
we know, and there is zero question, that they can inject this stuff into animals and it can be transmitted to the people that, that get food product from those animals. There's no question about that. Now, the question is, what does that look like and how does that work? I don't know all the specifics, but the idea that, uh, that this isn't transmissible through, through animal product is absolutely ridiculous. There's no question. It is proven. It's, it's there. The science is there. It exists. There's no question, right? Uh, genetically modified mosquitoes. You know, I've been talking a lot about that. The Bill Gates mosquitoes, they bite you and they vaccinate you. So, so uh, true is this one that NPR actually reported on it. National Public Radio, can you believe NPR? What, what, they're conservative? Are they right wing? They literally, I got the NPR report. They literally showed the, the GMO mosquitoes that can give you the malaria vaccine. So, you know, that's not really a uh, questionable thing. And then there's number six. Number six. Now, this one, I really, really think we need to dig in a bit. Shedding of spike proteins from vaccinated and unvaccinated masses. Now, let's talk about this. We know that shedding is a legitimate thing, okay? Pfizer had uh, warnings in their clinical trial protocols. Pfizer agreed to, to use, do this huge study, huge study on uh shedding and their in their gene therapy products right which is the vaccine we know that shedding occurs we also know that and understand when we talk about the spike protein rna can shed through you you can exhale rna these these mod rna particles can be exhaled and the spike protein can be exhaled so it does shed shedding is a thing how much what does that mean what does it do if you get a little bit of this on you? You know, someone's shedding and you touch their skin. Is that transmissible? And the answer is probably. Uh, but the shedding is a real concern, right? Now, I want to remind you all again, lawyer, not a doctor, right? So I'm not doing the science on this. I'm reading their science and telling you what it says. I'm doing what doctors ought to be doing when they're creating science, which is reading other science and figure out what's going on. But I'm just reading this. This is stuff that I've got studies on, I've got documents on, I've got papers on that prove what I'm saying to be true. I don't need to be a scientist to prove to read. I know how to read. Okay, so there's nothing new that I'm saying, no original ideas. I'm not saying, well, we might be able to create this. No, I'm saying I've got a piece of paper that says that they've done this, right? Uh, these things, this shedding thing is a very real thing. Now, how dangerous is it? I don't know. You know, there's no proper studies on it that I can find. There's no information on it that, that they're sharing. But what I do know is that shedding is a real and legitimate issue. Can you be vaccinated through shedding? I don't know. I don't know. But can it have a negative health impact? For sure. For sure. Those spike proteins are bad for everybody that gets them. It doesn't matter who it is. They're always a pathogen. They're always bad. They're always dangerous. So, you know, that's really, that's, it is what it is, folks. It is what it is. So we've got all of these different mechanisms. And I want to stress also, when I say that they can do this, what I mean is I've found a piece of paper, a study, a document, something, 
talking about them doing this and how they're doing it. These studies are incredibly expensive. Nobody does these studies for no reason, right? And you don't do the studies on a product until the product's been created, tested, and, and, and they've done some work on it, right? So understand that they've spent however many dollars building the product, creating the product, inventing the product, structuring the product, engineering the product, getting approval and doing what they need to do the study. Then they pay the doctors to do the study and the scientists to do the study and to the people to be involved with. They pay all the stuff. Then they pay, they pay someone to publish it and to get it organized and get it put out there. So to, to get these studies that I'm reading, someone has put an immense amount of money, work, and effort into doing this. You don't do that. You don't spend millions of dollars creating products and studying products and getting them out there unless you intend to use them. I mean, this isn't rocket science, folks. This is deductive reasoning 101, something I know that they tried to work out of us. They don't want any critical thinkers in this country anymore. But the reality is that nothing I'm saying is beyond the grasp of anyone with a fourth grade education that knows how to think. Now, I will tell you some of the studies I have to read and interpret are, are fairly complicated. But the reality, the understanding that, hey, this study says that, you know, we can vaccinate a cow and it's going gonna, it's gonna to produce milk that can vaccinate something else. Well, that's not complicated, right? That's, that's real simple. That's what it says. And if you're going to spend the money to do that and how, figure out how to do that, and then you're going to study whether it's working, you aren't going to study whether it works unless you want it to work. Bill Gates didn't study malaria mosquitoes. He didn't pay the money to develop genetically modified mosquitoes that can uh, transmit malaria vaccines because he didn't intend to use them, okay? He spent however many millions and millions or billions of dollars on this project because he intends to use them. Now, leads to a fairly fair question. How do you get informed consent when you release mosquitoes that can vaccinate someone? I don't know. What I do know is they're releasing millions of mosquitoes all over the country that are GMO clearly under the guise of controlling the mosquito population, folks, clearly, because they want to stop the spread of whatever. Much like the vaccine stopped the spread, the safe and effective vaccines that stopped the spread of COVID. Oh, except they didn't bother to study the vaccines to determine whether they stopped the spread of COVID. So there's no basis to, to say that they would stop it. And in fact, now they've found that they don't stop it and actually over time increase the likelihood of you getting COVID. How about that? So you've got these different things, these different mechanisms of deployment. They're spending billions of dollars developing them. They're spending millions of dollars studying them. There's trillions of dollars that have been invested globally in gene therapy. Now, understand gene therapy, mod RNA, sarna, DNA, all these different things, they all affect your genetics whether permanently or at least for a period of time, they affect your genetics. They're not telling the public what they're doing. They're changing people's genetics. They're changing their genome and they're not getting informed consent. They're not explaining to people what it is. They're telling them it's a vaccine. They're telling them it's just the same thing. And it isn't, it really isn't. And it's never been. This is a crucial, crucial, crucial issue. And it's something that is uh, evil. I mean, it's evil. This is Nuremberg. This is Nazis. 
right? To experiment on people without informed consent. This is what the Nazis did. Which, you know, I mean, I, what's the difference between Bill Gates and a Nazi? I don't have an I don't actually have an answer for that, folks. I don't know if there's a difference. Um, but, you know, did I call, just say that? I might have just said that. I don't know. He, he's acting like one, in my opinion. Uh, so, you know, I'm not saying he's actually a member of a Nazi party. Uh, I, I can't prove that. I just think that there's very strong similarities between the way that Bill Gates is acting in terms of trying to develop things that can't provide informed consent, like mosquitoes that can vaccinate, and what the Nazis did in terms of uh, doing medical experimentation on people without informed consent. I, I see that as very similar. So, uh, and with the approval of our federal government, by the way. So, I don't know, folks. The, at the end of the day, avoiding this stuff, especially as it gets into the food supply, is going to be very difficult. And they are pushing it hard in the food supply. You can thank the Missouri Cattlemen's Association, some of these others, for making sure that you don't have informed consent on that. Uh, and you can you can ask your Missouri legislature what they're going to do with that. But anyway, support us at TomRens.com. Share the Tom Renz Show on the America Out Loud Network. We will be right back. Hey everyone, Nurse Kimberly Overton here from Nurses Out Loud. Over time, our cell signaling molecules diminished, leaving us vulnerable to the wear and tear of life. With the Sea of Redox, you can restore and revitalize your body at the cellular level. This is an incredible product that I personally use and can attest to seeing fantastic results, including better sleep, increased energy, improved mood, and a decrease in my joint pain. ASEA supports your immune system, enhancing your body's natural ability to repair itself. It promotes overall well-being so that you can experience a new level of vitality and resilience. It's time to take control of your health and experience the power of ASEA. Visit our online store today at americaoutloud.shop and use promo code OUTLOUD to save 15%. Be sure to tune in to Nurses Out Loud Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern. How can you improve your odds of staying healthy? The answer is stay healthy with Cofix RX. Who's got time for a cold, strep, a flu, HRV, RSV, or COVID anyhow? Cofix has some great news. Besides being featured as a top five product in the drugstore news, we completed the protocol that you've heard Dr. McCullough talk about. Cofix RX is already famous for a powerful virus hostile nasal solution, and now we have a throat spray too crush those nasty germs before they become a problem. With known antiviral support ingredients like povidone iodine, xylitol, and vitamin D3, you can feel a little safer. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order, you'll receive 25% off the entire purchase. Just click the Cofix RX banner on the America Out Loud website or store. Be sure to use promo code OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Don't forget, OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Okay, welcome back, everybody. So, you know, there's a really, really big, big event occurring that nobody's talking about, and that is, uh, I guess it's a series of steps towards a bigger event, and that is uh, the implementation of the CBDC control uh, system. And I say CBDC control system for a reason. Now, the central bank digital currencies are only about one thing, control. There's no other purpose. There's no other reason. 
They are about control, and that is it. So when we look at CBDCs, you know, you've got to understand what's occurring. Uh, central bank digital currencies, and they tie in with unified ledger. And I'm going to remind everybody because it's been a little bit since we've talked about this. And I want you to understand CBDCs inside and out and the unified ledger. So CBDCs conceptually are electronic money, right? Uh, central bank digital currencies. Basically, they are replacing the dollar with electronic money. So a number and a spreadsheet. So right now, when you go to the bank and you withdraw money or you add money or you write a check or you use your debit card, somewhere paper cash is getting transferred from one place to another, okay? Now, it may be in the Fed. It may be that there's a uh, stack of dollar bills here that gets moved over there or over there to over there, and I'm oversimplifying this. But there is literally a physical exchange of money that occurs uh, whenever money is transferred or moved or used or whatever, right? Now, sometimes that physical exchange is between two accounts in the same bank, you know, so then it doesn't physically move. But the, the tracking is the same, and there's always a stack of dollar bills somewhere that make that, uh, tr that transaction occur. And the reality is, is that if any one of us wants to withdraw our cash from the banking system, we can withdraw it. And that means that the central bank has literally zero control. It's physical money. It's in my hand. If I've got $1,000 in the bank, it's in the bank and in their control until I take it out of the bank, then it's in my control, right? And I can do whatever I choose with it. I can spend it on a gas. I can spend it on guns. I can spend it on whatever I want to spend it on, right? Digital currency means that that cash doesn't exist. There is no cash. There is no, I want to withdraw $10. There is, well, you can't withdraw $10, but you can use your debit card to buy this over here or that over there until you can't, right? Now, let me be real, make a, give you a real clear example of this. Has anybody seen this scumbag, uh, what's her name, down in New Mexico? This, this piece of trash governor wannabe who actually just outright violated the Constitution should be in jail. Has anybody seen that? And she just said, the, no more no more conceal or open carry, no guns at all. Uh, we're just calling it a health emergency, no guns. Really? You think you can do that? It isn't a matter of her thinking she can do that. She just doesn't care if she can't. So, you know, this is a, a really profound thing. She could, by the same token, say, well, you know what? No one's allowed to spend their digital currency on money or on guns. Well, what are you going to do about that, right? What are you going to do about that? You're going to go get your dollars and do it anyways? No, you're going to be forced to not buy a gun because you can't. You can't spend your money on it. There is no transfer of wealth, so you can't, you can't do it. Right? You can't transfer money from your account to the next. You can't take cash out. There is no physical alternative. So without that physical alternative available, then that money just becomes a fiction that's on a spreadsheet somewhere, right? Somewhere someone's got a number on a spreadsheet, a computer or something that uh, it is what it is. And that number is... Well, it's, it's there until someone decides to change it or hit delete. That's central bank digital currency, right? So it's just a, it's just a fiction. 
And the thing about it is, is that fiction is 100% tracked and controlled. Because it's on a computer, there's a record of it everywhere. So if you spend that dollar on a gun, or if you spend it on gasoline for your big V8 truck like mine, or if you spend it on, I don't know, supporting Donald Trump, those are things that everybody knows because it's a digital currency and it's completely trackable. Everything on the computer can be tracked, everything. And central bank digital currency, unless it's designed specifically not to be tracked. Now, enter cryptocurrency, right? Now there's a difference between digital currency and cryptocurrency. Cryptocurrency is generally tokenized and controlled and it's not something that can exist outside of its itself, right? So it's not trackable, it's not traceable, and it's kind of complicated the way that they create it. But think of it as just a sealed envelope, right? You, you just can't, you can't see what's in there, you can't look what's in there, you're not sure which envelope's which. It is uh, essentially anonymous, it can be. Cryptocurrency is different, right? CBDCs are trackable and by design, because everything's controlled and tracked by the digital uh, central bank, uh, cryptos are controlled by the user, typically, right? So huge difference. So, with that in mind, we've got another thing to consider, right? And that's the unified ledger. Um, the unified ledger is the other side of this, right? So if you have the unified ledger, the unified ledger will digitize all of the assets, right? All the things that are on the books, all the things that the bank owns or has an ownership in, those will all be digital. That way, you know, even the stuff that you are, you know, if you're buying your house, you know, that's a digital, that's digital. It's on the computer, right? So you don't actually, you know, there, there's no physical deed sitting somewhere. It's just all a computer transactional thing. You know, trade the digital currency for the digital deed and everything's good until they decide to erase your digital deed and your digital currency because you like Donald Trump. Um, this is kind of where this whole thing's going. It's all about control, and they want to be able to track you, and they want to be able to trace you. Now, CBDCs are not well-loved, and people are saying hell no largely around the world to this. They won't accept it. Enter the G20 summit. Enter the G20, right? So these guys are aware that this is not going well. They've tried to roll out uh, digital currencies in, I believe, in Africa they did. Um, and the people said hell no. Hell no. So now they're trying to figure out what they're going to do. What are they going to do? Because the people just don't seem to be getting along uh, with this whole idea of uh, the globalists con controlling everything in the universe. And so the globalists are fussy about it. They don't know what to do. So the G20 gets together and they say, well, let's figure this out. And so what does the G20 do? The G20 says, hey, guess what? We're, uh, we're going to... We're going to, uh, we're, you know what we're going to do? I think we're going to let you guys have digital currency, right? We're going to let digital currency exist. But, 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 always a but, right? Because that sounds great. They're going to let us do that. Okay, so we can at least have, they want to go digital, but they're going to let us have it. Okay, so we can have non-CBDC digital currency, but wait, wait for it. Uh, instead of legalizing crypto like Bitcoin, what they want to do is they want to license and control and regulate crypto, right? So it's not actually crypto because those that licensing and control 
what's going to happen is, is that the government's going to decide that you have to build in certain uh, certain control tactics, right? So that money is going to have to be traceable. It's going to have to be trackable. It's going to have to be this. It's going to have to be that. And so you've got to understand that that money is still CBDC. So just run it through another intermediary. Right, it's still CBDCs. If you use digital currency, it's going to end up being licensed and regulated, and uh, it's going to be CBDCs. It just is, folks. And you know, it looks like they're recognizing that they're going to have to do this sort of public-private partnership, which will make them mad because they're going to have to share their money a little further. But that's what they're going to end up doing. So the CBDCs are coming, and the G20 is now trying to sneak it in that way. Why does this make a difference? Well, it makes a difference because at the end of the day, what the CBDCs are really about is control. Now, you may look at the American legal system and say to yourself, well, you know, I know a little bit about the law. They can't just take my money. They can't just do this. They can't just do that. There's a lot of limitations on what the government can do. That's true. And they're constitutional. So they probably they don't want to try and change the constitution because they can't. So they got to be able to work around it. So how does that look, right? So the government isn't going to say we're taking your money or we're not letting you buy a gun. We're not going to let you buy gas. That isn't what they're going to do. What they're going to do is they're going to put in a progressive tax system that's automatically collected from your bank account immediately, right? And the way that that's going to work is this. Instead of saying you can't buy a gun, they're going to say you can buy a gun, but the tax or a tax on the gun is, you know, 80,000%. And the tax on the bullets are, you know, you can buy the first bullet for 5% and then 10% and then 100% tax rates, right? I mean, so they'll have these progressive things and it'll be same for gas. You can buy your first 10 gallons with this much of a tax. Then it goes up to this much for carbon credits and then this much for this and this much for that. And eventually the gas is cost prohibitive. So you can't buy it unless you're one of the billionaire oligarchs where money doesn't matter because all the money ends up going to you in this new economy. The new, the new structure of the economy will make sure that there are no middle class, there's no small businesses, and all the money ends up going from the bottom to the top. There's no middle, right? There's, there's the owners in the world, and there are the, slave, the slaves. So this is kind of where they're going with things. And they'll be able to control any aspect of the money with that. Now, the thing about this is, is there's kind of some interesting things happening on the CBDC front right now. One is uh, you know, the, the BRICS thing and uh, the CBDC thing, right? So you've got kind of two different factions right now. You've got the BRICS faction and the NATO faction. Here's what I don't know. I don't know if there's really any difference. Now, they claim to be, right? BRICS right now, Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa, and a whole bunch of other countries. Um, you know, they've got this gold-backed currency thing that they're going to do. It's digital, but it's still central. It's still centralized, and it's still controllable, and still this, and still that. And, I mean, just because they call it gold-backed doesn't mean that they actually are going to honor that. I mean, they can tell you that it's gold-backed, but if they don't care, they don't care. And they don't. These guys break the law like it's their job. On the other side, you've got a bunch of NATO nations that are working on their own version of CBDCs, and nobody cares about it. I mean, nobody likes it. It's not, I mean, outside of some European nations and 
you know, maybe some, maybe the United States, maybe if you, I mean, it's just not something that's going to work. And by, and, you know, we've essentially evaluate, uh, devalued the dollar to the point that I don't think that the dollar is going to really, I don't think the United States can have anything to say about it. Uh, these countries aren't going to care what we have to say about it. They don't, you know, I mean, we've, Joe Biden has destroyed our reputation in the world to the point that nobody's, nobody cares what we do, right? We went from Obama to Biden with, you know, one good guy in between. Trump brought it back, but, you know, the world's looking at the American people like a bunch of clowns. They figure that we, you know, if we can't do better than to get rid of, you know, clowns like Biden, why should we be the lone superpower? And by the way, you've got to recognize we're only the lone superpower because the world is good with that. If the whole world doesn't want it, it won't be. So, you know, with Biden's capitulation and everybody else, we're essentially moving into a position where we will no longer be the lone superpower. The dollars are collapsing and we won't have the influence to stop it. That's a very important thing because one of the things that I've talked about extensively is that the dollar is a crucial thing in terms of global trade. Being the global reserve currency, the dollar gets to have, you know, it's, it's always worth something. When we lose global reserve status, what happens is, is that dollar no longer is worth anything more than what we can get someone to take it for. And that's not good, folks. See, the United States doesn't make anything anymore. Joe Biden won't let us mine for natural resources. He won't let us get oil. He won't let us get any metals. We can't do anything, right? So we have no natural resources that we can access. We've got plenty of them. We've got massive amounts of oil, massive amounts of this, that, and other, but we're not able to get any of them, right? So that means without natural resources, we don't, we don't have anything that we can turn into goods or products, right? We have to import anything that we want to make. What does that do? Well, when you have to import your natural resources to build products for industry, well, that costs a lot of money. So it drives the cost of production up, right? China's mining for everything it can mine for, right? So the cost of production in China is lower. Partially, in addition to the natural resources being available, China's not overregulated in the way that we are with nonsense environmental regulations that are meaningless and all these other things that drive up costs. They don't have to pay ridiculously high uh, wages for certain things. I mean, you know, jobs that are unskilled are unskilled. And uh, China is able to produce a lot less. In fact, we crossed a threshold a number of years back where China could actually, because of our regulations and the laws that we have, we got to a point where we regulated ourselves out of industry. China could actually produce a, a widget, ship it all the way across the ocean to the United States, and sell it here, and still do it cheaper than we could produce that same widget in the United States. Think about that. Why? What China got that we don't? Well, they've got infrastructure, which we do or did, but they also have the ability to get their own raw natural resources and also didn't have as much overhead from regulatory and legal garbage. I mean, China's not more wealthy in, in natural resources than we are. It's not like they're better than us in any way. So anyways, the point being, though, that we don't produce anything. We've regulated ourselves out of producing anything, which means our dollar is worth nothing. Our paper dollar is worth nothing and our CBDCs will be worth nothing. We can transfer them all the numbers on a spreadsheet we want to transfer people. We still can't buy their products because they're irrelevant, right? 
they're irrelevant. Our dollars are irrelevant. We aren't producing anything that another country wants. So it doesn't matter what we give them. You know, you can give them as many dollars as you want. They don't, your dollars are meaningless if they're not backed by something that's meaningful. And whether that's that the dollars a global reserve currency, whether it's that it's backed by gold, right now our dollars are backed by nothing and we've devalued them immensely. We've got a massive amount of debt and all these things. So CBDCs then become a much more sensible thing, particularly uh, the BRICS CBDC, some of these others. And, and I think that, you know, that's part of the play to get rid of America, to destroy America, to make us part of this global governance, you know, destroy the dollar, get rid of the dollar as a global currency, and then uh, move everybody to some sort of a digital currency. Now, I think, frankly, that the BRICS thing, I mean, I think the push is going to end up being global for that. But I don't know. I mean, you know, this is part of the reason I, by the way, go to bh-pm.com, buy gold, tell them Ren sent you, bh-pm.com, tell them Ren's sent you. Uh, that's, I mean, I I get something for that. I mean, I'm a, their sponsor. But the thing about it is, is that if the gold, if it's a gold-backed currency, at least we'll be able to get some of the digital bricks money because right now, what are we going to trade it for? Our digital dollars that are worth absolutely nothing to anyone? It's a really bad situation, folks. We're in a really, really tight spot, and we're going to have to fight our way out of this, and I don't know what else we can do. I, we, it's tough, tough, folks. Go to TomRens.com. Share the Tom Renz Show on the America Out Loud Network. We'll be right back. The out loud truth was the rallying call that started it all. America Out Loud News was an idea, a movement, a place where folks would feel comfortable speaking the truth without being censored or canceled. The First Amendment is alive and well. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free, love it, or your money back, guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code out loud. You wouldn't go a day without brushing your teeth or washing your hands. What about washing your nose? I mean, your nose does filter the air you breathe, air loaded with bacteria, viruses, and irritants. Make nasal hygiene part of your routine with Clear. No messy bottles to fill, no drowning sensation. Clear is a natural drug-free saline with the added benefit of xylitol, which blocks bacterial and viral adhesion. Available in stores and online at clear.com. That is X-L-E-A-R.com. Welcome back and welcome to the stack of stuff, folks. So the stack is interesting today. We've got some different things, uh, kind of some fun stuff. Uh, the, the first one is fun, if, if you're me, right? This is fun to me. 
I don't know if anybody else will find this fun, but uh, headline, uh, Portland business owner who promoted Antifa riots closes taproom sites business decline in city. Oh, no. Oh, no. So this woke Portland cider taproom is shutting down. And they are citing business decline since 2020. Now, its owner, Nat West, uh, advocated for business vandalism during the 2020 BLM Antifa riots, right? You remember BLM Antifa destroying Portland constantly? Well, this this absolute turd, Nat West, was a little weeny, and he thought he was being super cool. Figured He probably figured he was going to get some girls if he acted this way. Uh, you know, he, uh, he was out there, and he posted... Uh, on online, please smash all my windows if it will be a step towards change. Because he was a good, good liberal, and he's okay with that, right? And actually, the thing that he was okay with is he didn't care if his insurance had to pay for it, right? He thought this was going to be a clever marketing bit because he sounds like a good leftist lunatic. And yeah, so what? The insurance has to pay for it. So I'll be popular. I'll get some headlines. The leftists will love me. And guess what? Insurance will pay for the damage, right? Well, how's that working for you now, uh, RevNat? You stinking piece of deep. Folks, uh, this guy, I mean, he didn't care. He didn't care at all that the city was burning. In fact, his his tweet said, "Please smash all my windows to be a step towards change." He posted that on Twitter, and just I mean, he was all about this. You know, Rev Nats Hard Cider, Portland, Oregon, smash my windows. You know, and then he he actually had the the audacity to to this museum put out a thing saying, "Yeah, please don't smash our, our stuff." And he puts out a response, "Just because you're doing a better job now than you've done in the past doesn't exclude you from a little bit of reckoning. Doesn't demand it either, but windows are windows." Right? Because he doesn't care because he thinks his insurance company will pay for it. But Reverend Nat is out of business now. I really feel bad about that. Don't you? Don't you feel sad for this good liberal piece of crap? Uh, folks, I don't know. Uh, people like this just make me sick. Jason L. Dean. Uh, yeah, Jason L. Dean. Uh, well, he had a, uh, a concert here. And uh, there was an insurrection. Uh, so he, he is this concert and there's protesters out there. And these commies come. And they are burning and stomping the American flag. Uh, he said, you know, do it in a small town, this guy. So these guys thought they were going to be super tough and show up at his concert and burn the flag and stop it. And uh, <clears throat> these, uh, there are 20 members from the Revolution Club of Chicago who are self-described commies. And they decided they're going to, you know, really show how tough they are by burning some American flags. You know, because try to show me what they're trying to say. You know, they'll try that in a small town. Well, you're not in a small town anymore, Jason. We're super tough. Look at us. There's 20 of us, and we don't mind burning the flag because we're cool. Anyways, these uh, these scumbag commie pieces of garbage decided that they were going to try and make a show and try and make a statement. And, you know, thankfully, the news media obliged by giving them coverage on this crap instead of just ignoring these pieces of garbage. All right, moving on. This is great news, folks. This is great, great news. World Net Daily. Headline, Corporate America. 
slowly backs away from diversity in wake of supreme ruling, right? So this is all about the Supreme Court's ruling. Uh, and it's the fair admissions v. Harvard and students for fair admissions v. North Carolina case, right? And this is a case where the Supreme Court said that race-based practices in college admissions violate the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment, right? And it does. I mean, it's quite obvious. You can't judge someone by the color of their skin. It doesn't get any clearer than that. You can't, you can't, uh, I mean, the 14th Amendment is all, all people are equal under the law. I mean, it's just simple, simple, very simple. Not people can be given preference if they really, really think they deserve it. That, that, that's not in the 14th Amendment um, anywhere. I, I'm pretty sure I've read it a few times. And so, you know, this, this case says, well, listen, you can't just discriminate against people based on the color of their skin. And racism is racism. And it is, right? If I give preferential treatment to one person over another because of the color of their skin, that's racist. I, I'm looking at this color of their skin and making a decision about their value. That's racism. It's sick. Nobody likes it. Well, the result is uh, that we're seeing a huge drop. It says... Uh, an analyst of the previous quarter found that 3,000 Russell Index companies dropped the use of DEI language by 54% from last year, showing the steepest decline since 2018. Netflix, Disney, and Warner Brothers Discovery all recently laid off large amounts of diversity officers at their companies. That's great. 40% uh, turnover rate in chief diversity officers. That's wonderful. You can't fire them quick enough folks. I mean, these people need to go. Uh, they, they point out that a bunch of Republican AGs uh, put a letter to Fortune 100 companies in July demanding that businesses stop using explicit racial quotas and preferences in hiring, recruiting, retention, promotion, and advancement. That's because doing that is racist. That's right, folks. If you look at someone and say, hey, based on the color of your skin, I think this, then you're a racist. DEI officers and diversity officers are racist because the first thing they look at is the color of your skin. So, uh, quote, if I were advising a client right now in this climate, I might say maybe less is rather than more. Esther Lander, an employment lawyer and partner at Akin Gump, Strauss, Hauerenfeld said in an interview with Bloomberg Log, carefully vet what you say so you don't become a target. Well, that's that's pretty good advice. I, I got to say, Esther is on top of this, right? 32% uh, of Americans, they believed that this whole diversity thing was good, uh, very important, and 38% said not so much. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know, folks. This is, this is a, a huge, huge thing. It's not getting the press it should. I mean, we're actually taking a huge step, huge and monumental step to ending racism in this country. Now, racism can only be ended when we end it. I, I, I know that's obvious. I'm really no, no kidding, right? But we aren't ending it. Like everybody said, well, we got to get rid of racism. Well, then quit being racist. I don't know. I mean, quit, get, fire your chief diversity officers. You know, quit having these different groups and this and that that are based on the color of your skin. I just did an interview uh, with Mel Kay, and we talked a little bit about this. You know, I mean, you've got these groups. Apparently, the ADL has targeted a bunch of people, uh, calling them uh, calling them uh, anti-Semitic. 
for what I don't even know what. But uh, the ADL has not came out and said anything about Yuval Noah Harari, who continually praises Hitler. I mean, the guy praises Hitler. This is sick. It's sick, folks. These people, these leftists, they have some sort of a sick mental disorder. I don't know what it is. They embrace racism. I mean, if you're Harari, you embrace Hitler. I mean, what the hell is going on with these people? This is lunacy at every step of the, uh, every step of the journey. It's ridiculous, folks. I don't know. The, the racism thing really makes me sick. I just don't like it. It doesn't sit well with me. Anyways. This one is not a tremendous surprise. Um, but I think it's kind of a powerful statement. So headline, Marxist-led ALA honored by Barbara Bush Foundation. So the Barbara Bush Foundation... Uh, just said that they wanted to high-five the ALA, which is the American Library Association. And uh, the, the Barbara Bush Foundation apparently wants to create a, quote, more equitable America through literacy. Equity? Okay, so let's talk about the word equity to start out with, right? Equity is something that the left and lunatics like to use to talk about equal outcomes. You can never legislate, mandate, or even have equal outcomes. Why? Let's talk about equal outcomes. Um, I played football in high school and in college, right? Uh, the reason that I played football and, you know, I did, I was an okay athlete, you know, I did okay. Um, the reason was that I worked hard. I trained hard. I trained in the off-season non-season i trained right you know i mean i i uh i did martial arts for a lot of years and some uh, toyed around with a little bit of boxing and and i worked on i said but i did okay and ever and the stuff that i did because i worked hard i trained hard right so now let's say another person doesn't do they deserve an equitable outcome why would they deserve the same thing i did right what if i go to work what if i work you know 14 hours a day, every day, I work my tail off. And uh, so I get a bunch of overtime. Is it unequitable that I get paid more than the guy who went home after eight hours? Equity is not about fairness. Equity is about equal outcomes, which is never fair. You see, they like to trick you into thinking, well, it's not equitable, it's not fair. No, it is fair. It is fair. The outcomes are based on what you do, what you put in. Now, there are people who are better or worse at things, and it's just nature. You can't fix that, right? Some people are dumb. Some people are smart. Some people are fast. Some people are slow. Some people are big, fat cows. Some people aren't, right? I mean, there's certain things that are just, they are what they are. We're not all identical. And so you can't create an equitable outcome, because how could you measure the effort someone's putting into something? Equity has to be based on the amount of effort and work you're putting into things, as well as the capacity that you have to do things. If you've got a very smart person who works very hard and does all sorts of things, they should get more out of it because they're benefiting people on a greater level than someone who doesn't work as hard and doesn't have as many capabilities. Equity is an absurd thing. It doesn't work, and it's a, just a buzzword that the left uses to try and make things better than what they are. I don't like it. But, you know, this, this thing, this is, a, you know, Barbara Bush. I thought she was supposed to be, you know, these are Republicans, right? And uh, her library association is, uh, or her, her foundation is supporting this 
uh, library associations led by a Marxist. They've uh, sabotaged Christian authors, according to the story. They push LGBTQ plus literature. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's absurd. Uh, the, the group has also reportedly been caught providing small-town librarians with tips on how to quietly push LGBT agendas on children, particularly in a way that goes against community's values and subverts its standards. A recording of an ALA session obtained by someone, uh, this, this head of the Library Association, insisted libraries need to be the site of socialist gatherings, organizing. I mean, this, this psychopath is trying to turn these libraries into socialist uh, utopias. I mean, it's just sick. And uh, why is Barbara Bush supporting this? I mean, listen, if you know the Bush family, I guess it makes sense. You know, these guys aren't exactly good Americans. But, I mean, really, the, the, this it's literally a Marxist. So, I don't know, folks. I don't like it. Um COVID clown world, FDA approves new jabs that target old variant despite being as ineffective as past vaccines. That's right, folks. Uh, the government's going to, and FDA, they're going to do the same thing over. The, these vaccines, these mRNA, mod RNA vaccines that poison you, the fraudulent COVID vaccines that aren't vaccines, they're actually gene therapies that use mod RNA, not messenger RNA. Those, well... Uh, they got some new ones that are going to come out, right? The new Pfizer and Moderna injections have been approved by the FDA, full approval given to inject in the arms of people over 12 years old, and emergency use authorization covers them for jabbing babies as young as six months. What emergency, folks? There's never been any kids getting sick from COVID. Uh, you know, but these, uh, these uh, new jabs, they're not even designed for the current dominant variants. I, they're just... It, folks, our government is the worst thing ever. All this really is is another money grab. This is just the government transferring more of our wealth to big pharma and out of the hands of we the people by devaluing our money. They don't have any money to transfer, so they're going to print more money, give it to big pharma, so you can work longer and harder to pay it back. That's all it is. For a vaccine that doesn't work outside of you know sterilizing and poisoning people, it does a great job of that. Uh, I mean, if you want to be sterilized and poisoned, these are this is your bet, right? Go get a jab. Go get COVID. In fact, go get the flu vaccine too. That'd be a good one. Uh, but if you actually don't want to die or be impotent for or fail to be able to reproduce, uh, well, maybe stay away from that. I don't know. All right, libs of TikTok. <laughs> oh, the libs of TikTok. Uh, headline, Mayor of Burbank gets spanking from drag queen in front of children at a campaign event. Okay. I don't even know where to start on this. I mean, who could seriously be running for anything that has a drag queen at their campaign event? That's got to be comic relief. Is this guy really running for anything? I mean, really? A drag queen at your, your campaign event? Good God, folks. Uh, another day, another wildly inappropriate drag show. But wait, this one's somehow worse. At a drag-themed fundraiser for a Democrat Senate candidate in California, Burbank City Mayor Constantine Anthony got spanked by a drag queen and kids were present. Um, really? 
maybe this is normal behavior for him, given that he's the same guy who approved the lewd book Genderqueer being available in Burbank schools. That's right, the porn. That's a porn book. It's a. It's just a sick, sick. Uh, but yeah, th- this uh, this guy. There's apparently kids there, and he's at this campaign event, and uh, they got their drag store queen or whatever, and she's just uh, he's having a great old time taking a spanking from the queen. Isn't that great, folks? Wholesome family fun and entertainment. Um, I mean, I just think that's awful sweet, don't you? And let's finish with this. Trump attorneys file for recusal of Judge Chutkin from federal election case, and for good reason. Uh, She's actually made some terrible comments. I mean, she said in, in a couple previous cases, she said that yeah, she called this violent overthrow and alluded to Trump being the guy that was causing it. She's talked extensively about what it was and how horrible J6 was, and Donald Trump is the guy behind it. And this, I mean, it's really, really bad, folks. And there is no question that she should be recused from this case. There's zero question. I mean, I don't. No one in their right mind would think that this was this case was in any way, shape, or form something that she should sit on. I mean, it just it's not legally even defensible that she would be on this. Appearance of impropriety is well beyond what's occurring here. Uh, so anyway, support us at Tom Wren's show, the America Out Loud Network, and TomRens.com. We'll see you soon.